Hello and welcome Success Grid Nation to this new episode of the Success Grid Podcast. In this episode, I have with me Jeff Buner. He's the author of The Sultan Seven Secrets. It's a game-changing book on building your dream, managing your feelings, and seizing control of your life. Jeff is a world expert on writings of the richest man to ever walk earth, Sultan Musa of Mali. When you learn to speak the language of the gods, you can drastically improve your sales, success, fitness, relationships, and anything you desire. So this episode is going to be amazing with the great value and could potentially have your life turned 180 degrees. So listen closely and apply the things are in this episode. Don't also forget to subscribe to the show, follow and listen to the Success Secret podcast on Amazon Music. Hopefully you enjoy this episode. Share it with your friends. Enjoy. Give us some kind of insight first about who you are and something that we might not know about you first. Well, I'm just a normal guy. I've enjoyed a magical life that started out maybe a little less than magical, uh, which I think a lot of your listeners can relate to. I grew up in a small town, did small town things, worked hard, rodeoed, played all the sports, you know, everything that was expected of me, and uh, really had a, a relatively good life until I had to be financially responsible for a family and a wife and little kids. And then that's when uh, I felt some incredible frustration, even fear. Why, why do that? Because it's, it's kind of a responsibility to care for other people. It's not just you, right? Yes, but it goes deeper than that. I grew up in a small town. Uh, I had some core subconscious deep beliefs that you could only make your money honorably by working hard for it. Hmm. And uh, I was doing that. I was pouring concrete, working really hard for my money, but I wasn't succeeding in a way that was satisfying. I wasn't able to make enough money to provide the way I wanted to provide for my family. And so that's kind of when my troubles really began. Yeah. So, so from there, what, what happened in your life that made you want to do or discover new things to like accelerate, maybe let's say your success, discover new ways to attract wealth. And we are, when we are talking about wealth, it's not just about money. It just, it's all about the abundance that you have in your life, whether it's about money, your health, your family's well-being, all these things. Yeah, that's a really wise statement you just made, because one of the things that was really eating at me was I didn't have any free time. I was working six days a week. I worked most holidays. Uh, I only took the real important ones off, you know, Christmas, Easter, the, the big ones. But usually I just worked because I had to. One of the things that strikes me is that most of the fear that people feel stems from a lack of control. They don't feel like they're in control of their life. They don't feel like they can change it. They don't see any solutions. And that was me. I was filled with frustration and fear at the time. And I need to make this point. This isn't something that happened, you know, for one day for, for a month, I felt fear. This had gone on for year after year after year, four, five, six years of just feeling trapped. 
in this job of being a concrete contractor and not knowing how to get out. In fact, I couldn't afford to quit. I couldn't afford to go do something else or try something else because I had allowed myself to get in that position where I was kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. But in the concrete business, you're trying to complete one job so you can get paid for it. But then you're paying the concrete bill two or three jobs back. You know, so I was so trapped and just uh, unable to see how I could have a happy life. Yeah, like it's like we are all as a human, sometimes we focus, we have these kind of things that we have to do because we actually have to do it. Like I mentioned, you have to uh, spend, to, to have money basically to put on the table because you don't know what actually the future holds. This is one of the things that we fear because we fear we if we, for example, quit the job or whatever we did, it, it would be, it might be the wrong decision to make because the future is the future and we don't know what it's holding right for us. That's right. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so the, the, this, this book that you, that you wrote, The Sultan's Seven Secrets, how did you discover uh, this uh, Musa Sultan of Mali? And what's the story of the, this richest man that ever existed? He was, I think, <laughs> even richer than Today's Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, and these guys. So maybe they are would be small guys compared to him. So, <laughs> well, I had never heard of him uh, up to the age of thirty-three, which is shocking because, as you said, he was the wealthiest man to ever walk the earth. He was richer, just to put this in perspective, than Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos combined. So this was no small potatoes guy. And yet I had never heard his story. And he's a real man in history. He's in the history books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and what, let's say, in what era or what dates uh, did he exist in, uh, in Mali? I think Mali is in Asia, right? So maybe. So how, what time did he was? What he, did he do? Was he like some kind of uh, king? Uh, so what did he do exactly? He lived in the 1300s. So there again, to put it in perspective, he was wealthier than uh, anyone you know today, but he lived in the 1300s in West Africa. Okay. And uh, he didn't start out very well. He was very poor. His father died when he was a, a very young boy. And that condemned him and his mother to incredible poverty, the kind of poverty that's really hard to understand. His mother couldn't feed him. I mean, she could feed him a meal here and a meal there, but she couldn't feed him enough to keep him alive. He actually had to go out and steal food to survive. Mm -hmm. So his situation was pretty dire. At the age of 12, he fell in with an older thief who actually ended up trying to kill him rather than share the, the bounty of this heist that they made together. And uh, he left Musa in a cave to die. Mm. When he and was like 12 years old. 12 years old, just a little boy, really. Mm. 
But he had in this cave, he had what we call a near-death experience. And he encountered a man made of light who taught him basically how the world works, how creation works, mm -hmm. how human beings are made up, and how we can create things. And he survived this, uh, this attempted murder and went on from that point on, he turned his life around. And, uh, you know, like I say, it's history. He became the, the wealthiest man to ever live. But it wasn't just money. He was ultra successful in every way you can imagine. His love life was the stuff of fairy tales. Uh, he was loved by all of the people. He was chosen to be sultan or a deputy to the sultan who was going on an excursion because he was so benevolent. He was such a great guy and he was independently wealthy. So he didn't need to steal the sultan's wealth, but just an unbelievable success story. His is really the greatest rags to riches story ever told. So, so when we are talking about the language of gods, does that mean in humans, when we, when we in general as a human relate things to God, it's, that means we are relating things to a higher power, right? Uh, so do we as humans need to relate this higher power in order for us to achieve what we want to achieve, whether it's money, whatever it is that we want to have our goals achieved for? So do we have to relate to this higher creator for that, do you think? Well, the first thing Musa learned in his near-death experience is that he had two bodies, a spirit body and a physical body. And that what happens at death is that your spirit body, which is the real you, that's the one with the life power, pops out of the physical due to injury or disease. And the physical when the spirit body pops out is just a worthless lump of clay, you know, it can't feel anything, it can't do anything. It's animated by the spirit body. But the thing he learned is that his spirit body is a literal child of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I love that. I love I'm, the second I read that, and I'll go back to how I came across this information. But the second I read that, it elevated my, my hope, you know, my mm -hmm. sense of worth, that if that's true, then the real me that animates this physical body uh, is a literal child of God. And then you go one step further. What do children do? You know, they grow up to be over time, something like their parents. And if God is a creator and he's full of love and goodness, then that gives me hope that, you know, my future, even beyond this earth, is really exciting and worthwhile. Mm -hmm. So that, that was a wonderful thing that happened to me right off the bat. Mm. So awesome. So can you expand on this one? Because like, uh, when he when like when when you talk about for example 
us being like two as humans, like we are spiritual beings and we have a physical body and we have our minds which, which actually separates us from, for example, animals. So we have the freedom of choice. This is what separates humans as being, right? So do you think people who are struggling, for example, are they making the wrong choices maybe? Or what is it, do you think? Well, it's hard to judge anyone. And I'm going back to where I was. You know, I was a function. I was the sum total of my subconscious beliefs. But you got to go back to, you know, think about the day you're born. You are told who you are. You're told what group you belong to. You're told what to believe. You're told, hey, in this group, we see it this way. We think this. We believe that. And it's enforced. Mm -hmm. You know, so by the time you're, say, 30, you have all these deeply ingrained subconscious beliefs that you, you function based on. You know, that's your core. It's how you feel about everything and you act on your feelings. So it's hard to judge anybody. But, and that's what I was doing. I was just going off my core beliefs. And one of those was, you know, you have to work hard for your money. Another one was, it was wrong to be rich. Or you can't be rich and righteous at the same time. You can't be rich and be a good person at the same time. And what's funny, people, uh, you know, laugh at this, but as a small town boy, we bragged about how hard we worked and we mm. actually looked down upon rich people. You know, you'd think it'd be the other way around, but we thought of ourselves as better than these rich people because we worked hard and knew how to work hard. But by the time I was 33, you know, that was, uh, that had grown old. I wasn't able to make the money I wanted to make and have the lifestyle I wanted to make. And I had no free time. And it'd been going on so long that, uh, you know, what happened is I did something that I knew was wrong, but it turned out to be a real blessing. Hmm. I was working for this elegant couple, this man and woman, they were older, probably my age, you know, now that I am now, but I thought of them as ancient kind of old people, but they had so much life. They were beautiful people and they were so friendly and open to us. And they were obviously very wealthy. The home we were working on that they owned was this beautiful old home that they were uh, refurbishing. And it hit me, these people have and are everything I want to be, but I could see no way to get there. It's like, like you mentioned, it's like we, we, we look at hard work that we will reach there by hard work, but actually sometimes like at certain point, like you did in your life, you looked at it and discovered that it's not just about hard work. You have to look at certain areas, certain things to see different perspective from relating, relating to us as humans, whether it's related to our spirituality, related to our mind, combining things together, having to put maybe things in a place, not just to work like six, seven days a week and just only work, 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 and 
there there you will have and you will not discover any opportunities also if you keep working the same job that you are working so <laughs> you, there there would be no opportunities there i guess pure truth what you just said is pure truth mm. but it goes beyond that i mean everything you want already exists it already lives in this magical place called out there somewhere so every good idea every business idea that would work for you every new business partner every solution to your health problems they're out there somewhere but based on your mindset you either keep them out there or you bring them to you you get it to come to you and this is what I learned that changed my life completely is how to get everything and anything you need or want to come to you. Mm. So, and so, like success, I, so success is something, you, it's not something that you become, it's something that you attract by becoming an attractive person. Well, it's even deeper than that. It's, it's all based on these subconscious beliefs and feelings that you emit. And I'll give you a quick example. If you've ever known a couple trying to get pregnant and they can't, it starts to become a real problem. It puts them through so much pain. It's even hard to watch. But oftentimes they try, they spend all this money, and then they give up one day and they decide that they can't have a biological baby and they decide to adopt. Well, what happens more often than not, the second they adopt a baby, boom, she's pregnant. That happens. You cannot discount this phenomenon because two out of two in our family, 100%, they couldn't have a baby. They finally give up. They decide to adopt. And now they're pregnant. Now they got two babies coming. They got one in their arms and another one on the way. Well, what changed? All right, this is where the language of the gods comes in. You can codify this. And once you understand how to speak the language of the gods, you seize control of your life and your future. And I'm just going to give you a little background. When I, when I learned this, within eight to nine months, I went from being like a $60,000 a year concrete guy to making hundreds of thousands a month, a month in a new business that I was really good at and that kind of fell right into my lap, came to me from out there. So let me tell you about this beautiful, elegant woman who was so kind and she would talk to us. And I started out just uh, talking about, you know, hey, you have everything I want to be, you know, you are what I want to be, you and your husband, but it devolved into complaining. I started to bellyache about my situation, how hard I worked, how I could never get ahead, how I could never have anything like you have. And right in the middle of that, she just turned around and walked away like she didn't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. It's like when we talk about ourselves, like we can advance life, we can get more out. This talk to ourselves is, is not something that we should ever do. So yeah. imagine other people hearing that. So no, especially successful people. They don't want to hear that crap, you know, but she came back a few minutes later and placed a manuscript in my hands. 
Now, this manuscript told the story of Sultan Musa of Mali. It actually contained, uh, it was a translation of two parchments. One of them was a fairy tale. In fact, a fairy tale that Musa wrote that was so compelling that a couple hundred years later, almost everyone on earth knows it and is familiar with it. So just think about that, writing a fairy tale that given time becomes so popular that everybody knows about it. And this is the fairy tale, Aladdin and the Magic Lamp. So the guy that published it, Antoine Gallant, he was honest. He didn't write that. He got two parchments from a Syrian fisherman. One was the fairy tale. The other one was a complete interpretation of the fairy tale. And it also had a tutorial on how to speak something called the language of the gods. The manuscript I got had both the fairy tale and the second parchment. So imagine me that night reading all of the teachings from the man made of light that allowed Musa as a you know, a, a poverty-stricken street urchin to become the wealthiest man to ever live. And I come across this language of the gods, and there it is right in front of me in black and white. Speak this language of the gods, and the world obeys your commands. It just does. And there's a tutorial on how to do it. So I stayed up all night reading this, and I knew it was true. The second you read it, you'll know it's true too. You just know, uh, yep, that's how it works. But it goes against our training. It goes against the things we've learned, like, hey, if you want to succeed, just go to work really hard, figure it out, put your nose to the grindstone. Well, that's not the best way to do it at all. So like you mentioned, things like you were talking about yourself that you can do it and these kind of things, this negative self-talk is not really that good. And this gets engraved in our sub and subconscious mind, right? So like you talked about this now, you got this manuscript and you, you while you were reading reading that, you got this idea that this is, is something that basically you got, basically someone handed you like plates of golds maybe, right? So... Yeah. Uh, so so can can we compare this 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 manuscript sultan musa of mali uh with the with the secret like the secret is well known a lot of people talked about that actually i used to work in a bookstore and we used to sell a lots of lots and lots lots of copies of this one so <laughs> does it compare in any way well yes because the secret has truth in it exactly half the truth okay but the second part is so important because people read the secret they got all pumped up and excited and they started focusing on things they wanted things imaginary scenarios that made them feel good but they didn't understand why doing that was going to work or how doing that was going to change anything so they didn't do it long enough to hang in there. And then they felt that letdown. I still hear from people who say, oh, I did that stuff, you know, for a, I, I've already done that stuff years ago, and it didn't work for me. 
Mm. Well, I'm like, yeah, because you did half the equation. The other half is really the most important part. And <laughs> that was in this manuscript. So let me go back to why he wrote the fairy tale. Mm. So he wrote the fairy tale to preserve his own life. And he embedded the secrets to his success, the things the man made of light taught him in this fairy tale, the formula, if you will. Mm. And he had to do that because even sultans can get in big trouble if you start sounding crazy. <laughs> what you know, this is, this is the 13th. Yeah, I don't think this is the, the, the case nowadays. So. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't just come out and say, hey, I died yesterday, but then I came back to life. And by the way, I met God who taught me things that, you know, go against what our learned scholars think. You know, that's an easy way to get yourself imprisoned or even killed. And he knew that, but he was a benevolent man. He wanted to teach these secrets to everybody. So he used the fairy tale as a way to uh, tell a story and then start teaching these concepts. And if anyone called him out, if, if anybody started uh, getting him in trouble, he'd say, hey, relax, it's just a great story. But it was more than that. He taught these principles. So let's go back to the fairy tale, Aladdin and the magic lamp. And I'm going to interpret this a little bit for you. There are four main elements of this story, but I'm going to focus on three. The first is Aladdin. Well, Aladdin represents you and me, but it's the conscious mind. It's that part of us that we think of as us. Then you have the all-powerful genie that can get you anything you want. Incredibly powerful. Now, this represents what Musa called the veiled mind. We have two bodies. We also have two minds, a conscious mind and this veiled mind. The veiled mind is the mechanism that controls your life. Now, we're all familiar with something called the subconscious mind. So this isn't a, a real new concept. We can, we can grasp it. Mm. But this veiled mind is connected to all wisdom, all knowledge. It's even connected to God. But it will not share that knowledge and wisdom with you until you tell it to, and I'll come to that, but until you tune into the right frequency, but as yeah. soon as you do, bam, it gives it to you. And you've experienced this in your life. You know, it's like the couple trying to get a baby here they didn't know how, or but as soon as they tuned into the right frequency, she's pregnant. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna help you understand this a little bit more. But so we've got Aladdin and we've got the genie. But what changes everything? The genie was always there. The veiled mind was always there. Yeah, Aladdin like, was always there. Like, we we know these like the stories from cartoons or movies, especially the late one. Like it's like you rub the lamp and basically you get what you wish for. <laughs> yes. The magic lamp is what changes everything in Moose's life. And remember, he wrote this as a metaphor for his own life. 
The lamp represents knowledge of how you can consciously command your subconscious mind in the language it hears, responds to, and obeys. Once it decides to go get you something, it will do it. You can't stop it. Nobody's tough enough to stop it. It just does it. If you have a subconscious belief, for example, that you're to be poor, you're going to be poor. You could win the lottery and have $100 million, and five years later, you won't have any of it. Who will? The guy who is subconsciously programmed to be wealthy, he'll have it. So the magic lamp represents not just the language that the subconscious mind hears and obeys, but the knowledge of it. That's what it represents, the understanding of how we work, how the whole thing works. You've got this mechanism controlling your life and steering it and taking you exactly to where it believes you're supposed to be, and it will do it. It's so good at it. You can't, like I say, you can't stop it. Hmm. But here's a question for you, Hussein. Yeah. If it takes you exactly where it believes you're supposed to be, who told it what to believe? Well, it should be me, I guess. Yeah, you're right. You told it. So how are you telling it? And I'm telling you, this changes everything. This is what took me from you know, a concrete contractor to a very successful businessman in an industry I loved and was good at, and it was right down my alley. You tell it what to believe in the language of the gods. Now, this language is not the words that come out of your mouth. Mm. And it's not even the thoughts you think. You, you, you think that's, you know, that it would be hearing your thoughts and trying to make your life wonderful based on what you want, but it doesn't care about any of that. In fact, it's a mistake to even think of it as a passionate entity that cares about you. It's more like a computer that can be programmed and it carries out that program with perfection. And it doesn't care whether you're happy or sad. Now, one of the reasons that might be true is because, you know, you learn from all experience, whether it's quote, good experience or bad experience, good. you're learning and you're growing. And the more you know, miserable you come, the more motivated you become to try something else and do something different. So it's all about learning and growing. But this mechanism can be programmed and is programmed by you. You're speaking the language of the gods right now. Everyone who's listening is speaking it right now. And remember, in the metaphor for his own life, the genie only says two things. One is a question. What is wanted? What do you want? The other is a statement. Your wish is my command. Mm -hmm. So it's always asking, what do you want? And you're always answering in the language of the gods. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So let's talk about the language of the gods. Mm -hmm. If it's not your words, 
and it's not your thoughts, what is it? Exactly. It's feelings. Feelings is the language of the gods. Feelings towards what? Feeling towards the things that we want to have, toward the things that we wish we have, toward mm -hmm. the things that we already have and want more of. Feelings about any aspect of your life. In fact, you can know 100% what your subconscious mind believes about any aspect of your life by simply thinking about that aspect and then paying attention to how you feel. So take your social life, for example. If you think about your friends and you know how many people you have in your life and whether you get along with people or not, you will instantly feel feelings of either contentment and happiness and thankfulness for all of your great friends and family, or you'll feel discontent, rejection. Uh, you'll feel something when you think about that. And whatever you feel, that's what your subconscious mind believes. And remember, whatever it believes, it will make true in your physical realm. So we, we, as humans, we need to, let's say basically, we need to absorb our thoughts into feelings. So it can get, let's say, engraved in our minds. So our mind will get things to work automatically for us because this is what we are as humans are designed to be creatures that are goal-oriented organisms and we can have this based on automatic, not, not like working hard all it for the, all the time. Exactly. So it is so automatic that, you know, you wake up every morning thinking about your life, your circumstances, your situation, and you do this habitually. You're, you wake up, if you were to keep track, you think the same thoughts every morning in sequence. It's very habitual. It's all based on your subconscious beliefs. And then as you think about all these situations in your life, you start to feel the exact same feelings you felt yesterday and the day before and the day before. And then your subconscious mind hears these feelings and believes them. It believes every feeling. It never doubts the language of the gods, which is feelings. And whatever it believes, it keeps congruent in your life. So think of this. How do you break this chain? You wake up, you think about, let's say, your low bank account and this tall stack of bills that you can't cover. That makes you feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then your subconscious mind hears those feelings and keeps your life aligned with them because it believes them. Well, how in the world are you ever going to get a, progress, a better financial situation? This is it's the same thing over and over again. Well, it's so easy to see in other people how they're keeping their lives congruent with the way they're feeling because they act on their feelings. So if somebody is, you know, mad and surly, then they go out in the world and they act mad. And if you say hi, they just grumble. They don't say hi back. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, you know, you, you look at them and you think, well, yeah, people don't treat you very nice because you're not acting very nice to them. And then you believe that people aren't nice. 
but it's just a vicious circle that goes round and around forever until you change your subconscious beliefs and change how you feel yeah, exactly like it's like as humans we cannot basically love or you cannot like you mentioned you cannot have another partner unless you can't find actually the right partner for example unless you love yourself first then you will find love it's not like you will have someone you will find someone to love you first it's not it's like you have to love yourself first then the that person who loves you who to who you are equally will find you so so yeah, no wiser words were spoken right there that's the yeah. truth yeah. if you don't love yourself somebody can come along who does love you but you won't believe it and you'll always be suspicious you'll be jealous and you will wreck that relationship over time yeah, exactly. and yet if you love yourself, someone could come along who isn't the greatest person on earth, but you will train them to treat you right because you love yourself and will not allow anybody to mistreat you. You just won't allow it because you, you see yourself a certain way and people will fall in line. You know this. I mean, people walk out into the world. One person can go into a room where there's a group of people and they will get treated one way. And another person walks into the same room, the same group of people and gets treated a, an entirely different way. Well, why? Because they're admitting, they're telling people how to treat them. They're telling the world how to treat them. They're telling finances, how much money to give them. They're telling the health situation, how healthy they should be. You're doing it. But a lot of people don't want to accept that responsibility. And yet, the second you get clear on your doing it, you are creating your life by telling your subconscious mind what kind of life to create for you. And it obediently just does it. It never backtalks you. It never disobeys, but in the language of feelings. So awesome, Jeff. So can you give us just one takeaway I, I feel like this talk can go for hours, actually. It's like there is a lot of things to talk about. So can you give us for the Success Grid audience, like basically one takeaway to take from this episode so can they can apply things? Feelings are self-fulfilling prophecies. Take control of your feelings and you'll take control of your life. Now, to do that, you're going to go against your training, you're going to go against reality. But in my book, I give and how, the tutorial. And, and how we were raised, right? These kind of things. Yes, all of it. So it almost doesn't matter where you are right now, you have the right and the power and the ability to decide what kind of life you want to have. And then tell your subconscious mind in the language it obeys, what kind of life you want. And it will go get it. It will bring it to you from out there. New business ideas, new people, new interactions will happen. You'll be looking for different things, finding different things. It will all change very naturally. You'll act on your new feelings. You speak to it in feelings. It speaks back to you in feelings. And that's how you operate in life. But it 
it takes learning how to rub the lamp and speak the language in the face of your reality, because your reality is getting you to feel the way you did yesterday and the day before and forever. And so it's always going to stay congruent until you change how you speak this language. So it takes a little bit of a tutorial, but that's why I wrote my book, to teach people how to do it. Yeah, awesome. So very insightful information. This is like basically like next level of things beyond the secret, actually. It's like on a different level. Uh, I, I read the secret a long time ago, and this one is definitely beyond that. So, Jeff, where can people get in touch with you, learn more about you, get your book, and learn more about this? I've made the book available unbelievably inexpensively because I need to get this information out. So, if you go to sultans7secrets.com, that's sultans with an S at the beginning and the end, and then the number seven, secrets with an S at the beginning and an S at the end, sultan7secrets.com. You can download a digital version of the book and you could be speaking the language of the gods tonight and all day tomorrow. And I <laughs> promise you, your life will be different. Awesome. Well, Jeff, you know, thank you for being here today with me on this episode. Really, really amazing information and insights. And like like you mentioned, we as humans, we need to like feel 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 ourselves from from the inside out to 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 put us in a place where we can prosper more and have more easily and effortlessly without like always worrying about whatever it is that we are worried about. So thank you, Jeff. Hey, thank you for having me on. It's been fun to talk about this. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.